Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and we chew on God's word and we record it. They let us do that. We thought that was a good idea. So now we are here sharing that with you, hopefully to encourage and edify you in your walk with the Lord and um, that we can all grow together as one body of Christ. So this week we have Sean Duncan with us. Hello, Sean. I'm back. You're back. Good to be here. Baby, I'm back. <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me. Uh, me. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't know. Um, I missed my calling as a, a singer. Uh, it's not too late, Chris. Uh, <laughs> you know, Lou's office is right next door. I just I think if you sing a little bit louder, maybe he'll give you the call up for the worship ministry. Oh man, I feel it. It's like Brett's mandolin. <laughs> um, maybe one week you and Brett could just lead worship. He'll play mandolin, you sing. I feel like I wouldn't want to. Our church would double in size. Yeah, that, I don't. We don't want to do that. To we be, don't have the it'd be unfair. Yeah. It'd be unfair. Poor yeah. Lou. Yeah, <laughs> everyone knows what they could have. <laughs> Um, we have been working through the Sermon on the Mount. We have. And it has been super duper productive. Yeah. Really rich portion of scripture. Um, but why don't you get us kind of caught up and then we'll go to where we're going now. All right. It's Jesus' longest recorded teaching in the book of Matthew. Um, it goes from Matthew chapter five to Matthew chapter seven. And it's an entire sermon given to his disciples. So those are the focused group. It starts with him going up on a mountain. His disciples come and they sit down and then he begins to teach them. Uh, he opens the mouth and he speaks to them. And the first words out of his mouth are blessed. You are blessed. And he just goes through a list and he just blesses his people because they're his disciples, not because they've done anything, but because of who he is. So he's the king blessing his people. He gives them a new identity. They, they were the, the marginalized people, those who were demon possessed, those who were who were sick and who had ailments and Jesus has been healing them. But now he is blessing them and said, as the King, he's saying, you are blessed being my followers, being in my presence. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. Um, and God's going to be glorified through you. Then he begins to talk about who he is, about how he's fulfilling the law and the prophets and he's bringing it to their culmination. And he, he shows his people the various ways of, of how actually he's, he's heightening um, the demands of, of the kingdom law on his people. You know, you've heard that it was said you shall not murder, but I say to you, anyone who is angry with his brother in his heart has already committed murder in his heart. Who is someone who hates his brother? Um, if you're, if you insult your brother, you, you're liable to the same judgment. And if you've, you've said you fool to someone, then you're liable to the hell of fire. Um, so he, he takes it to the next level of talking about our heart motivations, but he's not just saying you need to do this, uh, to be in the kingdom. You know, he's saying you're in the kingdom. And as a kingdom citizen, here is how you live. This is the ethics of the kingdom. And then he goes into the practices of the kingdom of of kingdom citizens. They're they're highly generous to the needy. They fervently pray both in private and in public, and they they fast uh, as a way to to spend more time with God and to train their bodies to depend more on the Lord. And they do all of that not to be seen by people. Um, not to have praise on Instagram, but just so that um, they can they can uh, align themselves more fully with God and their their heavenly Father who sees in secret will reward them. So uh, it's a motivation thing, just like laws of the heart. And then he he speaks to the people about their anxieties, about their money, about where their food comes from, about where their water comes from, and he he reassures them. God knows you. God loves you, and He cares for you more than you could ever imagine. So don't worry about these things. Uh, trust God, um, set your mind on him and and seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. And then last week, 
uh, if you remember, what, what did we talk about last time we were together? Last week, oh boy, that was so long ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, last week was the famous text, judge not lest you be judged. Yep. Um, he goes through the process of right judgment mm-hmm. and then gives a little bit of theological, um, I don't know, what would you call it? Implications of yeah. what it's going to look like to yeah. judge and sometimes you'd you got to kind of pull out of that space. Yeah. Yeah. He's not saying don't judge. Mm-hmm. Well, like saying don't be judgmental. Right. Right. You, you also have a log that you should at least make sure you have, you know, mm-hmm. check it, uh, deal with it. But then also um, being able to see now, now clearly help your brother with their spec. And then that's just a wisdom thing of knowing how much to press and how, when to, when to refrain from, from, pointing out people's specs in their, their eyes or, or trying over and over again to help them with it. And yeah, that takes wisdom of knowing when to press and when to stop. And man, where could we ever get wisdom from to know how to navigate the complexities of human life and interaction with other people? Where could we possibly turn Chris? Oh man. Could it be, could it be the word of God? Maybe even God himself. <gasps> no. And that's, Exactly where Jesus goes next in the Sermon on the Mount. So he he just gave like this this incredible like profound statement that um, you should deal with the speck in your eye and help your brother with the speck in their own eye or your sister with the speck in their own eye. Mm-hmm. But then also know when it's not going to be appreciated or reciprocated and know when to stop. How am I ever going to know how to stop? Well, here's what he says next: Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks, asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So, whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Hmm. Mic drop. <laughs> so that's Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12. Um, we're going to talk about, first let me just talk about some structure things about why did I include verse 12 into this. Okay. Okay. So <clears throat> verse 12, if you're not familiar with it, it's called the golden rule. In my ESV that I'm looking at right now, the ESV has little headers. They're not a part of the original text, but it's just Bible translators like trying to give sections. My ESV gives me a section of, of chapter 7, verses 1 through 6, and the little heading is judging others pretty good name. Then verse seven through 11, there's a little heading and it says, ask and it'll be given pretty good heading. But then they clump together verses 12 and through 14. And it's the golden rule in my breakdown of this text. I do not clump those together because I actually see verses 13 through the end as being the, the unified ending of the sermon. Mm -hmm. So um, from verses 13 and 14, it's the narrow gate and the narrow path. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's the narrow gate and the narrow path, and then there's the wide gate and the, the wide path. Many find the wide one, few find the narrow one, but the narrow one leads to life. Right. So there's two options of paths and gates. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to talk about trees, about how there's a good tree and a healthy, there's a good healthy tree, and then there's a bad tree that produces bad fruit. So there's mm-hmm. two different options of trees. Um, then, um, He's going to talk about uh, two different types of, of, of works, basically, that there are going to be some who, who do many mighty works. And then I'll say, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. But someone who does things that is not known. And then finally, there's going to be two types of, of builders, one who builds on the rock 
and one who builds on the sand. So I see verses 13 through the end, verse 27, as being the unified ending of, of basically you've heard the entire message and now it is time to decide mm-hmm. where you're going to be. So the way the golden rule works, I think, um, functionally in the text, verse 12, is it's actually a, a conclusion statement for everything we've read so far. Uh, specifically starting back in chapter five, when Jesus began to speak about the law and the prophets and he was giving, giving all those ethical laws and then those spiritual practices. And then what we just read about judging. Yeah. So, and so he's just kind of like tying a bow on it. So that's why we're going to include that in this one. Makes sense. All right. But we're going to, we're going to talk about it. So usually you hear maybe a sermon on this and the big theme is, you know, asking will be given to you. Seeking you'll find knocking will be open. Prosperity. No. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It no. says it right there. <laughs> no. Um, ask and it'll be given to you. Who are you asking? The Father. Yeah. Oh, so it's usually like a prayer. Prayer. Like, yeah. here's how you pray. Mm-hmm. Well, Jesus already, already talked about prayer. Mm-hmm. Remember, he like gave you direct instructions about how to pray. Yeah. Um, one, pray in private behind closed doors and your father who sees in secret will hear you and reward you. And he already knows what you need. So mm-hmm. just ask him. And then when you pray in public, you pray like this, our father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be. So he's already taught on prayer. This is not just a teaching on prayer. Mm-hmm. Is prayer one of the applications of this? Yeah, probably, probably so. But it's, it's broader than that. So mm. the thing that he had just got done talking about is knowing when to push a little bit more and knowing when to stop when when interacting with your brothers and sisters about sin in their life. Mm-hmm. And that requires wisdom of knowing yeah. how to navigate those complexities of human interaction. How will you know what the right move is in each human interaction that you have? Well, ask for wisdom. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be open to you. Um, if you desire, and remember the last time actually that we heard the word seek was in chapter six, seek first the, the kingdom, kingdom of God, God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Mm-hmm. So now he's saying, seek and you will find. What are you supposed to be seeking? Well, in the context of the Sermon on the Mount, you're supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That's what you just heard. Um, and then he, the next time that you're going to hear the word find, seek and you will find, he's going to be talking about these gates. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it mm-hmm. are few. What are you trying to seek for? Well, you're you're seeking for the kingdom of God and, and his righteousness, but you're also seeking the way of life, which is hard and it's a narrow path. And those who find it are few, but you will find it if you seek it. Boom. Okay. So like, to put it together. Yeah. So... Here, the, the immediate application of this text, if you were to lead it in a small group or you're devoing through it or maybe someone's preaching on it, it's not, you want to hit a home run in your game this week, kiddo? Well, just pray to God and ask for it and you will have it. It's not, you you really want to have that next career job? Well, if you seek diligently and you try to find that career job, you will find it. No, mm-hmm. maybe. <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, maybe, but that's not the immediate application. The immediate mm-hmm. application is asking it will be given to you. You're, you're asking for wisdom of how to navigate faithfully the complexities of human interaction. The thing that you're seeking and finding is the kingdom of God and his righteousness, which is the path of life hmm. of how to live. And then knock and it will be open to you. Well, all these interactions are either closed doors or open doors. So, so that's how it's building off of each other. 
Everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, it will be opened. So that is not a universal prosperity statement. Mm -hmm. It's not just saying, if you ask for it, you'll get it. And if you don't get it, it must mean that you were asking for it wrong or that your faith wasn't strong enough. That mm -hmm. is a, a unbiblical message. It is false. It are the, the efficacy. <laughs> Why am I using words like that? The, I love that word. The effectiveness of your praying life is not dependent on the strength of your faith. Mm -hmm. It's dependent on the strength of the faithful one, who mm -hmm. is Christ. He is the one who intercedes for you in prayer, and it's his spirit that dwells inside of you that prays on your behalf. Mm -hmm. um, side tangent, little side story. When I go to a gym. Uh, it's CrossFit gym. It's pretty fun. Um, <laughs> one of these guys there, he's just, he's a character. I really enjoy hanging out with him. Total non-believer. Um, but a few churches recently, they went to this thing called like man camp and it's just like men from other churches. They go out to Washington family ranch and it's just like a time for men to be together in a, like a Christian community. Yeah. A few people from the gym who were going to these other churches, they got this guy to agree to go to man camp. And like, he's like, he's a fervent non-believer, but he like had just gone through a breakup and stuff. He's like, sure, I'll, I'll go with you guys. And he was just pumped because it was like, it was the place of Rajneeshi and he was going to take all these photos. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, I'm bringing oil. We're, we're going to do some wrestling matches. And we were all just like, dude, I, that's not really what like a Christian camp is like. like you're, you're going to do like a Bible study and you're going to talk about life. He's like, he's like, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, but anyways, he went, he totally participated. He had a great time. Didn't get like saved, but maybe like a little seed planted. Yeah. But ever since then, he's been back. <laughs> we play spike ball after we work out. And he's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to pray really hard that we win. And, and, you know, I learned how to pray this weekend. So, so if I pray harder, we're going to win. Uh, and I just like keep wanting to tell him, I'm like, that's not how prayer works. Yeah. But like, he's just an unfiltered version of so many of us. Mm-hmm. A lot of us think that my prayers aren't answered because I didn't pray strong enough. Right. That's not why your prayers aren't answered. So this verse is not about anything that you ask for, anything that you seek for, anything that you knock for, you'll get. It's not about that. The things that you seek for and ask for and knock for are the kingdom of God and his righteousness and the way of life. And yes, when you seek and desire those things, you will be given those things. Your father who sees in secret knows what you need before you ask him and he rewards you who pray in secret mm -hmm. and your prayer is not dependent on your faithfulness it's dependent on christ's faithfulness so that is if like we were going to do a prayer lesson on this that's how the prayer lesson goes not saying ask for the things that you really want in your life ask for the kingdom of god and his righteousness mm -hmm. and the way of life and you will find it if you fervently pursue those things and, and desire those things you'll have it and then he gives us little um little illustration with with food um you know, well, what if God wouldn't do that? You know, mm -hmm. does you know some of you, some of your parents? He's like Chris, Christopher. You have you have uh, twenty children. <laughs> They're always running around. <laughs> yes. so you, you have a few kids. Um, if, if one of your kids was hungry and genuinely asked you, Dad, could I have have some bread? You know, just like the basic food, like not even like a steak. Just like I need some food. Can you please give me some bread? Would you give him a stone or give her a stone, like just to be like? like punish them. No, you would give them some bread. Mm -hmm. And if they asked for a fish, you wouldn't trick them and give them a living serpent that's going to bite them and harm them. You would give them some fish. And then he says, and you're evil. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that part. Yeah. Yeah. So one, like, okay, we all have to realize Jesus just called all of us evil, mm -hmm. um, which we are. We're fundamentally broken by sin. Sin runs through every part of our being. That's, that's human depravity. It's not that every part of us is as evil as it possibly could be all the time, but mm -hmm. that 
human sin runs through every part of our being. Mm -hmm. So I like to think of it as, um, you know, if you ever made brownies and you sprinkled in a little bit of poop in those brownies and you mixed it up (laughs) and then you cook it, are you going to eat those brownies, Chris? No, of course not. Those are poop brownies. (laughs) Or lemonade. You know, you, you get a gallon of water, you get the lemonade mix, and then you add in one cup of urine. Yep. Well, it's just lemonade with a little bit of pee in it. No, that's that's pee aid. I'm not going to drink that. Right. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want to drink the lemonade because it has pee in it. I don't want to eat the brownies because it has poop in it. Yeah. Same thing with our sin. Mm-hmm. Even a little bit ruins the entire batch. Mm-hmm. You're evil, and yet you give good things to your children who ask. How much more will your good heavenly Father give good things to those who ask Him? Mm-hmm. So that is the application of that text. Like, you know how to give good things. God is better at giving good things than you are. So you should just trust him and ask him that he will provide the way of life and help you navigate the complexities of human interactions. Which seems like a call out straight back to not worrying about any of these things. Yes. Yeah, totally. So he's, so um, last time we were together and we were talking about that judging section, Mm -hmm. it almost felt like a jolt out of what we had been talking about before. But then we get back to this and we're like, oh, actually this is like, like what are the things that cause me the most anxiety in in life? Uh, If I'm, um, one of the disciples in this moment who's probably came out of poverty and oppression and stuff. Well, I worry a lot about money. I worry a lot about food and water. And I worry a lot about um, interacting with my family and my friends and the people who I don't know. Well, there you go. <laughs> Those are all the things that I get anxious about too. And here, here he is Can't talking. Relate. About. <laughs> Can't relate. <laughs> so, so then he arrives, he puts a button on all of this with the golden rule. Whatever you wish that others would do to you, you do also to them for this is the law and the prophets. The law and the prophets is referring to the Old Testament. Remember back in chapter five, he said, do not think that I've come to abolish the law and the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. So you have this inclusio, this frame, book frame mm-hmm. in chapter five. I think it's verse 20 or maybe it's verse 17. And, um, and then here in chapter seven um, with verse 12 about the law and the prophets. Jesus is fulfilling them. What you've just been reading is about how to fulfill them. And if you were to summarize how to fulfill them, do to others what you wish they would do to you. That's how you're supposed to treat people. Mm -hmm. So let me give you a way that it's misunderstood and then a way to rightly understand it. The misunderstanding is, oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, I want people to make me breakfast in the morning, which I do. (laughs) Then I need to make somebody breakfast in the morning and then they'll do it for me. Easy. It it becomes like this like um, transactional thing Mm -hmm. where, okay, I'm learning how to manipulate people to get things that I want. No, 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 It'd be more like Jesus is saying, if, if the thing that you wish is that people would make you breakfast every morning, then you should make breakfast for people every morning for the rest of your life, regardless of if you ever get breakfast in return. Mm-hmm. That's how you should just treat people. Right. Um, so this is a summary of everything that he has said. It's stated in another way in what we call the great commandment. Um, the first commandment, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second one is one like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, how am I supposed to love my neighbor? I'm supposed to love my neighbor how I love myself. So the way I would love myself, that's actually how I'm supposed to turn out and look towards others. Um, so again, uh, if none of this is reciprocated, that doesn't mean you don't do it. It just means that you you count others' needs as being more important than yourself. You mm-hmm. you focus on others. Um, another way Jesus phrases, I think the same idea is if you try to save your life, you will lose it. But when you lose your life, you find it. 
Mm-hmm. That actually the way to be human is not to try to preserve your life, but to use your life to serve others. Right. And when you do that, you actually are fulfilled as a human being. So our tendency is to be self-preserving mm-hmm. and to be like, well, you know, I, 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 would, I would really love to uh, come help you out with that this weekend. But, you know, I got to sleep in and watch some Netflix. So true. Self-serving. Yeah. And self-preserving. And actually when we do that, we we lose a part of ourselves in that. Mm-hmm. But it's when we say, okay, I'll get up early. Like, I don't really want to. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm going to go anyways. And yeah. then you go and you do it. You're actually being more human in that moment and, and, and being more in line with the, the law of God than in, in the previous moment where you're like, well, I really need to like do some self-care. Mm-hmm. You should like be aware of yourself and care for yourself. But the best way to care for yourself is to die to yourself and let yourself live for other people. Like that is the way of Jesus, which is so countercultural. So Christian, you want to care for yourself, live for other people. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. And that's, what's really hard. And, and that's when we get challenged and realize I'm not very good at it. You're probably not very good at it. We all need grace in this area, but this is how we're being sanctified. So we're progressively growing to be more like Christ in these areas. And more often than not, the uh, silver hair saints who have been walking with Christ for 50 years are like fervent servers of mm-hmm. people. And a lot, of, I think a lot of the the younger Christians, like they go, I was like, we're like, oh, I just want to be that now, mm-hmm. which is a good intention. But also it's like, it took them 50 years to get there. And they're, yeah. they're probably at the point now where they're like, oh, I just wish I was like this 10 years earlier. Yeah. You know, it's like you got to that point right now. Right. So it's a slow process, but that is the image. We're being conformed into the image of Jesus. And Jesus literally gave up his life to serve sinners. Mm-hmm. So like that, if that's our end goal, I think that's what God's turning us into. Like, of course you're going to have to, you know, like clean up someone else's mess if you have a family or, or, if, or you're going to have to deal with a coworker who, who doesn't really appreciate that you clean up their messes or that you care for them or you ask them how their day is. But that's what it means to be human and to be a follower of Jesus. Yeah. Have you read Mere Christianity? I have read parts of it a long time ago when I was in college. Okay. Yeah. One thing I like so much about this is that Jesus is using things that we can totally grasp. Everyone knows how they want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Like, and C.S. Lewis starts his book introducing this idea of like, you know, giving oranges or receiving oranges. And there's this sense of ought to and reciprocation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you should not have done that to me. Problem is we're slow to turn that inward Mm -hmm. and surrender our desires and seek the best in others. Mm -hmm. But that's a, I mean, nobody has to be trained, developed, you know, go to seminary, whatever to know how they want to be treated Mm -hmm. as a human. And they can do that right now. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, we just like boil it down to like a really simple application. Maybe this is how I would phrase it. Everybody wants to be greeted when they walk in somewhere or like be welcomed. Mm -hmm. Um, they don't want to feel like they're not welcome. Okay. So if everybody wants to feel like that, if I want to feel welcomed, then one of the best ways I can practically live out what it means to be a Jesus follower is when I see someone walk through a door um, to acknowledge them, to introduce myself, to shake their hand. Um, maybe if I kind of know them already to give them a hug, yeah. um, maybe ask them uh, to tell me a few things about their life. And on the flip side, as a mature and maturing Christian, um, if for the rest of my life, if I go places and no one welcomes me to be content because I've already been welcomed by Christ. And I know that my fulfillment does not come from other people welcoming me, but by God, the son welcoming me through his crucifixion and his resurrection. Yep. So there is your practical application. Be really welcoming to people and don't get bent out of shape if they don't notice you when you walk in the door. Yeah. 
Amen and amen. Cool. Well, thanks for having me on. Thank you again, Sean. Love this stuff. It always enriches my heart and my soul, and I trust that it does that for all of our listeners as well. All right. We'll see you next time. We'll see you guys next time. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples.